Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I did. Kessa, uh, she is an amazing woman here in the Helen community. She is helping other people achieve their goals and better themselves. Uh, I learned a lot from her and she really opened up. And, you know, I'm honored to call her a friend. Uh, we've known each other for a long time. And uh, I, hope I hope to have her on the show again. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Alright, so if you uh, had anyone that you looked up to or like really helped you through your like stages in your life, like who would it be? Um, you know, my grandma has been there for me. Um, she's my best friend. And I, so I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about her quickly because, you know, she's always been there for me, always supported me. And... Um, like even even th during the times where I made bad choices, like unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I went to treatment, she was there for me for family week. She helped me get into treatment, helped me pay for treatment. And um, I just honestly, I don't I don't think like I think I would be in a much different place if she wasn't in my life today because of the parents that I did have mm -hmm. who were just you know. I was emancipated when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I was like 15. Dad was in my life. Um, you know, my grandma was there, even if it was through a phone call. You know, I talked to her every couple days. Um, she helped support me when I was in high school. Um, and she's she's been my, my biggest my biggest help. She's like my rock. Yeah. This woman. And, um, you know, she's been in Al-Anon um, for 33 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, she's still very active. She's 80. She'll be 80 this... Wow. Minute. She'll be 79 in April. Right on. Um, but, you know, um, she's taught me, like, how to take care of myself, how to value myself, always reminds me of how amazing I am. And I think that um, without her support, I would have never gotten to that place to be like, wow, you are, you are this person. Because there was other people, the other people weren't telling me that stuff, mm -hmm. and she always did. So, um, yeah, I get a little bit teary-eyed, but God, I love her so much. So, yeah, I just say a uh, huge thank you to her for being with me through this whole thing. So That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right on. Well, thank you again. With that, um, with that, with those tears... Yeah, cry Go. no, no i don't need to it's just like it's very happy like yeah. i'm very very fortunate to have such a wonderful woman and influence and role model in my life and um to have that person who's like always going to support you through whatever choice you make mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah. like even the bad ones yeah she's like well tread lightly tread lightly tread my lightly. dear yeah. <laughs> and i'm like all right but I know that she'll still love me regardless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I think that a lot of people, when they're just trying to work through stuff like this and they don't have those supports, it's very hard for them to get in recovery mm -hmm. if they don't have anybody supporting them. And, like, through everything I went through, she was always there. Yeah, that's so, awesome. I, yeah. It's very far in, in between the, those people come into your life and when they do, like, hold on to yeah. them. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. 
So big shout out to your grandma. Yeah, shout out to Gma. Heck yeah, <laughs> right on. Well, thank you again, Kessa. Yeah, thanks. All right, so I'm sitting here with Kessa Franklin. Kessa, how's it going? It, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me, Robert. It's yeah, good to see you. you. Yeah, you as well. I'm, I'm glad that we finally got to do this. Mm -hmm. So, Kessa, who are you? What do you do? Um, well, who am I? Um, my name is Kessa Franklin. Um, I'm not originally from Helena, but I've been here for quite a long time, about 20 years. Um, Originally from Anchorage, Alaska, um, moved down here when we were about you know, 10, 11 years old or something, and um, currently in the community I work as a licensed addictions counselor and a mental health therapist intern. Um, I'm in a graduate program at Walla Walla Washington University. Um, so tell me yeah. more about that. How did you get into being an LAC? Um, well, as you know, <laughs> I have, um, I'm in recovery of a few things in recovery of a eating disorder that I've had since I was 12 years old. Um, um, there's a period of my life where I was using speed, um, crack, methamphetamine, um, ephedrine, any sort of stimulant like that, yeah. primarily fueled by um, my eating disorder. But um, yeah, I did that for quite a while, like end of high school to, I don't know, early 20s but um, yeah I mean I've had a lot of tendencies to abuse things in the past and I think that's how um, you know after I got into my recovery I think I was 20 19 20 years old when I went to treatment for my eating disorder and um, I really started taking a look at other things in my life and you know when I once I started to get a grip on that eating disorder I was able to get rid of th some of those unhealthy habits mm -hmm. of abusing alcohol abusing mm -hmm. s um, drugs and yeah that's and so I kind of it's it's strange because I I've always been in a helping field you know as a social worker I went to school my undergrad was social work mm -hmm. and um, I've always been in that helping field, children and families, children, um, personal training after I started my, like, you know, yeah. getting my eating disorder recovery about five years ago, uh, fitness, nutrition, and then just about a year and a half ago, um, I had this opportunity to work as a licensed addictions counselor, so I went through all that. Awesome. Um, finishing up some education in the clinical hours, and then became licensed last summer, and. So yeah. why were you like, uh, what gravitated you to like being like being a social worker? Um, I think it was probably early childhood life stuff. Um, you know, we, my brothers and I kind of had a difficult childhood. And um, I think the first time I met a social worker when I was, the first time I can recall meeting a social worker, I was probably like seven. And, um, you know, going through an experience um, in group homes, um, a group home foster placement type of stuff when I was around 10 years old. And 
um, meeting someone, a social worker, who wanted to help me and uh, make sure that I was safe with my, my mom. And um, I think that's where it started. I was like, well, that person person was really nice they're looking out for me and yeah. maybe that's what I should do because I started pre-med at Carroll and I was like there's no way I'm gonna pass chemistry <laughs> so it's like I better switch to a different field where I can you know communicate to people the way that I know how which is I'm a people person that's that's how I function I so it just kind of fit social work did yeah you're definitely a bubbly person a very sometimes charismatic. yeah <laughs> well, throughout the years that I've known you, you've always had a smile on your face. You're always outgoing, yeah. and um, I don't think I've ever seen you. And sometimes, though, I mean, yeah, you know, everybody not, has hard days. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, most most definitely. Um, I'm, I just think when I found out that you're in that field, I was like, mm. that, like that fits you well. Mm-hmm. You see some people and like, well, what are they doing in that field? That doesn't make any right, sense. Right, right. So, um, with your eating disorder, like, and then you have competitive, done competitive bodybuilding? Yeah. Um, do you, you want to talk about I that? I do, yeah, I'll talk about that. So, um, so, my eating disorder, you know, because I am different, and people listening to this, they obviously don't know that, but I'm biracial, and, you know, growing up in a predominantly white community, Helena, Montana, um, I was different from everybody else, so I struggled to really accept the way that I looked. Um, it got me into a lot of trouble when I was younger. You know, I was fighting, I was beating boys up. You know, I was just a little turd, and like, I, I really hated myself, and I hated how I looked, and I hated everything about myself. And that's kind of where that eating disorder started. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I can change myself, if I can look this way, maybe other people will really like me. I'll, you know, maybe I'll look beautiful to them if I look more white. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna change my whole body composition. Okay. So I went, you know, you know, I've got a, I've got a figure. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. But I went from, you know, just I had this figure to 100 pounds. 90 pounds, you know, just kept going down and down and down. And um, I got really, really sick as the years went on. And um, it wasn't, you know, I went to treatment when I was like 19. And then I kind of realized like, wow, if you just like take care of yourself, you have a, a very nice figure. Right, you can yeah. Just a little bit of exercise, eat right, don't, don't drink. Yeah. But then I got out of treatment and I was like totally honeymoon phase. And then I started drinking because I was turning 21. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand that if you eat and you drink alcohol all the time, you're gonna gain weight. So then it set my eating or eating disorder off again. And I just kind of like, I, you know, I, I relapsed and I was binging and purging. That was, that was mine, it was uh, bulimia. And um, it set me back so i went through this constant up and down uh, the weight fluctuation and um you know for a really long time i didn't understand my body because i was so out of tune with it obviously mm-hmm. but um so i didn't understand if you eat food and you drink you will put weight on because i've been binging and purging for t- 10 years yeah and um so i think like it's probably when i was like 23 22 or 23 I finally came to terms with like, um, if you want to have a nice figure, like you have to exercise and you have to eat right and you have to moderate alcohol intake. So I got, you know, I started, I started running mm-hmm. and um, 
I've started feeling really happy. Like it made me made me feel good. And as an addict, like all all you want to do is feel good. Yeah, let's get those endorphins. Right, that's all of them. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I think when I got into exercise, I really started like that's when my recovery really took off. Because I went to treatment at 19, but I didn't really start recovery until I was about 23 years old. You know, I I got better. I was binging and purging like 15 times a day. You know, and for someone who has to go to college. Like that's, I was up all night, all morning, go to sleep for a few hours, go to school, binge and purge all night, mm-hmm. all morning, go to sleep. That was, that was my life. Like that was my life in high school. That was my life in college. And then, so I like made some progress after treatment and changing those behaviors, but it wasn't until I was like 22 or 23 when I started exercising. And I was like, okay, I don't need to take medication to treat my eating disorder. I don't need to rely on other substances to make me fit or skinny, you right. know? Yeah. And I just started doing it a very natural way. And um, that's when the that's when like the whole fitness thing really took off for me. But um, up until that point, you know, after I went to treatment, I was put on all these medications by doctors and I'm like, like so much, um, so much amphetamines, mm-hmm. Vyvanse, Adderall, Prozac, Ambien, Xanax, you know, like right. cocktail of stuff. Yeah. And I had my first seizure when I was 22 years old. And, um, you know, that, that was really scary because it happened while I was sleeping next to my partner. And then the second seizure I had, I had it at a job I was working at. And oh, wow. yeah, and I, you know, I ended up getting losing my job getting fired from my job because of that because I was a liability to that business so like the impact that it was having on my life was fucking destroying me mm-hmm. excuse my language but no it was destroying that's me. okay it was literally yeah. destroying me and um I, I lost everything after that second seizure and um you know I went to the doctor I was, I was just like I can't do this like I was afraid I was gonna die and I was 23 years old and I was like, I'm not ready to die yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I went to the doctor and I told him, I was like, I'm not doing this stuff anymore. I'm not taking, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to take this stuff. And I started getting into fitness and, um, you, you know, doing my Advocare thing and using all my supplements, exercising. And that's like, so I was 23 and I'm 30 today, or 30, I'll be 31 this summer. So for the last seven years, I have really just used exercise and nutrition to make my recovery. And you know, and you know, see therapist and um, you know, it's just like I figured out natural remedies to work through this. And um, over the last five years, I made a huge recovery in my eating disorder. But I still struggled every now and again with the triggers, like the you know breakups or something like that. Yeah. The trigger like a you know, I'd fall back into that binging and purging cycle. It'd make my weight fluctuate, mess up my hormones. Mm -hmm. But for the last almost year and a half now, I haven't had any eating disorder behaviors. And um, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, me (laughs) being an an addict alcoholic, basically addicted to anything like yeah. i will be in the gym for like four mm. hours and then i'll start using steroids and then mm. i'm like i'm not good enough i'm not mm. good enough and like you know yeah. before i went to treatment at 19 i never worked out well i worked out like a day mm-hmm. but that's about it yeah doing cocaine and looking in the <laughs> mirror does not help you gain weight no so now um like throughout 
trial and error. Like, I don't use steroids today, mm -hmm. but, like, I will binge on anything. Like, I need those to make me mm. look better, feel better, because, mm -hmm. like, once I come off the juice, I'm small. Right. And it, like, messes with my head, but really, I weigh maybe five pounds lighter mm. than what I did. Like, it was just absolutely go insane. And, mm. like, so I can kind of relate on that. Not probably to a yeah. T, but, like, well, I always wanted to, I'm not good enough. My body's not good right, enough. Like, right. I will whatever to make myself feel better. Right. Like, that he, she, whatever I'm addicted to. Right. You know, I think that a lot of those tendencies are just, like, feeling this um, void within yourself, like, not being enough, not being, you know, this or that, or them thinking you were this or that, and that's how a lot of us think is, like, well... I'll never be good enough and it's like at one point you're gonna have to come to terms with like this is good enough mm -hmm. and for a while there when I first got into fitness like I loved it I felt great and then I got to a point where it's like doing the bodybuilding and competitions and I still intend to do those mm -hmm. but like it was like four years straight that I was meal prepping and exercising five to six days a week just obsessed it, obsessed yeah obsessed and it's like how is this healthy for me? Right. Like, am I happy? I don't, I, you know, I use alcohol. I drink today. I use alcohol. Like, I do it in moderation. I don't go out and get loaded. Mm -hmm. I don't ever drink and drive. Like, I'm responsible with it. I enjoy myself. I like to go out with a girlfriend and get a glass of wine. Yeah. Or go have a glass of wine and dinner. And, um, you know, that's something I could never do during those years that I was constantly training, eating perfectly. Mm -hmm. And it was just another eating disorder thought behavior and until like the last two years I'm just like that's not living in recovery if you're gonna be so rigid with everything you do yeah so now exercise today is I'm gonna exercise because it makes me feel good I'm gonna eat that bagel because I like it right I'm not gonna go and run 10 miles because I ate the bagel it's mm. like I'm learning how to really be kind to myself and not um, constantly be focused on having to do things perfectly or having those um, like the thoughts the thoughts that are fueling my behaviors are not eating disorder thoughts mm -hmm. so um, it's a lot different and it took me a while to get to that point to even realize like hey you might be like overdoing it here with the exercise thing yeah <laughs> Like, and like you were saying earlier, like you have to be careful with how we exchange one behavior for the other. Right. Yeah. yeah you're absolutely right. Like now today, if I'm in the gym longer than two hours, I leave. No yeah. No matter what. No matter what I'm doing, it doesn't matter yeah. if I'm in the middle of a set, I leave because I will obsess. Like I'll obsess over Netflix. Like it doesn't matter. Even this podcast, I'm just like, I gotta go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. Like it just driving across the state in blizzards. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? I used to do this back when I was using like what yeah. are you doing just yeah. pause mm. just chill out pause is like it doesn't matter what it is I'll just obsess because yeah. just having that lack in myself and my confidence and like I, through seeing a therapist and working other programs like I'm not where I was yesterday I'm, right. you know it's, I might take one step back but I'm always trying to move forward and mm -hmm. if I have setbacks mm -hmm. it's okay but yeah they are okay mm -hmm. everybody has them everybody yeah and it's okay too like we cannot be on 24 7 right and um, 
I think that's part of living in recovery is like you have to learn to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And um, like I brought my gym bag in here today because I ate this bagel with cream cheese today. And I was like, oh, it's okay because I'm training for the open right now. So I'm going to go run a couple miles after work. But now I'm just like, why? Yeah. Do I need to? Can I just relax and like let my body rest? Right. So like that's for me to have those types of thoughts today is me living in recovery there you go yeah so i actually wanted to touch more on that like so um i know like things to do for like an addict and an alcoholic but like how <laughs> what do you consider a relapse and what do you right. like what like um what is your more like day-to-day -day recovery life mm. look like um well you know I, when i i stopped using you know, meth or speed or whatever it was, crack. Anything. Anything yeah. like that. Um, probably when I was like 21 years old, 20 years old, 21. And, um, and I've been able to abstain from that because I know, like I respect my body so much. Like I respect my body and I don't want to put any sort of junk in it. Yeah. And for a long time I was just like, fuck, I hate you. Like you're disgusting. I put anything in you, poison you. I don't care about it. Yeah. But like, this is my temple today. So, yeah. um, so that's how I think about it. Like if I'm going to put something in my body, like how is that going to affect me? So that helped me to stop using those substances. But, um, with, um, with the eating disorder, like, it's, it's difficult because when you're trading for competition, you get the cheat meal once mm -hmm. a week. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I was treating that thing like cheat binge, you know? Yeah. And I was trashing my body when I do it. Like, there's a certain way that you do that stuff. And I wasn't really in recovery when I was doing that. So the last show I did, I wasn't like, you know, I was better, but I wasn't like as good as I am now. So I'm very, very conscious or conscientious about um, how, how, I, how I eat. Mm -hmm. Like, am I eating because I am hungry? Um, I really have to be mindful and be in tune with my body, like, all the time. Yeah, am I self-aware of your reactions? So self-aware, like yeah. I have to, um, you know, am I tired? Am I feeling lonely? Am I angry? And like, that's how people with eating disorders have to think because it is so quick when you're, when you're binging and purging, it's like, I'm gonna use all this stuff to make me feel better. And then the purging of it is like, um, it's a very angry emotion. It's very like anger fueled. And so I'm really in check like all day long. Like, how am I feeling? Did I go to bed late? Did I wake up really early? Like. I have to be mindful of what's happening day to day so that when I get home, I'm not like shoveling food in my mouth mm -hmm. because that's what triggers the purge is binging. So the last, you know, the last year and a half, I've probably binged like three times, which is huge for me, for someone who's used to do it all day long. Yeah, no, day. It's progress, <laughs> not perfection. Like, right. You know, I right. So like today, you know, I just practice, from, practice mindfulness. Um, it's a different story. Like if I were in competition prep, I'd be eating a different way, but mm -hmm. I'm not. So I just, you know, I make sure I feel, feel properly, eat when I need to. Um, you know, when I start prepping again for a show, 
it'll be a different story. Mm -hmm. I'll be eating more, I'll be training more. Yeah. And um, I guess what you could call a relapse for somebody who's a bulimic would be, um, it could be the behavior, the eating disorder behavior. It could be the binge, it could be the, bur the purge, it could be binging and purging. Mm -hmm. um, for me right now, because I haven't done any of that in almost a year and a half, it's the eating disorder thoughts. Because sometimes if I get down, I'm like, God, you're gross. Or you need to lose some weight. Maybe they'd like you a little bit better if you're a bit skinnier. Yeah. So I still have those thoughts that come in. Yeah, I relate. And then, and then I'm like, wait a minute, you're beautiful. Why would you say that about yourself? So it's like, it's like a constant battle of a or like a conversation that I literally have with myself all day long Yeah. about you are good enough, like you're more than enough, like you don't need to change yourself, enjoy that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Oh, I know exactly right. what you're talking about. For me, it's like, I need to get bigger, I need to get bigger, I need to get bigger. Oh no, I lost two pounds, I'm fucked. Ugh. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Like, let's go to McDonald's and just eat, or Burger right. King or whatever, and just eat, 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 right. eat, eat. Because at least I'm not drinking. Oh. At least I'm not using. At yeah. least this, like. So you justify it. I justify it, yep. Like, I'll, instead of like going home and cooking a healthy meal, I'll go blow 80 bucks a day eating out because that's like, I feel better. I'll mm -hmm. buy you dinner to make me oh, feel better. Okay. Like I'll do anything to make myself feel better, but like that's codependency, though, isn't it? Oh yeah, codependent, <laughs> addict, alcoholic. <laughs> uh, I look in the mirror and I think I'm tiny, and people right. tell me like right. guys who like are, I think, are a lot bigger than me. They're like, no, like you're bigger than yeah. me. I'm like, no, it's BS. Like, right. I still think I'm the hundred pound, right. nineteen year old heroin addict. Okay. Um, in my head, right? Like. When really, I step on the scale and I'm 185 pounds. Right. Day, like, it just. It's a it's a totally like skewed perception of self. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I totally get what you mean, but like, all you can really do is pay attention to those thoughts as they come through. That yeah. you know CBT. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can all do positive affirmations all day long to right. to remind ourselves. You are good enough. You look great. You are beautiful. You, you know, yeah. so yeah. on. But yeah, somebody suggested, and like, cause I'm like, I keep telling people, like, no, I'm just codependent as fuck. They're like, well, how about you do an affirmation in the morning that you're independent? Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah, mind blown. <laughs> like, so easy, but like, so simple. Yeah. And people, we just make it hard, and it's not that hard. Right. Um, so, you know, you're, you've talked about recovery, like, and then, um, you're doing the rise and shine thing in the yeah, community. Yeah. Would you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, I'd love to actually. And, um, you know, a couple of months ago you talked to me about the Phoenix. Yeah. And, um, so Phoenix Multisport, I think they, the guy started that down in Denver and, um, the way that I found out about the Phoenix, I was watching a Ted talk. And um, so, wow, that's an amazing program. We should have something like that here. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to the Phoenix people. How do we get this started in Helen, Montana? No action was really taken. Mm -hmm. I went to this conference over in Missoula, um, and it was an addictions uh, conference. Um, and there was this man named Ian Ackerman, I believe, and he's from Salt Lake City, and he started um, Fit to Recover. 
down okay. in Salt Lake City. Okay. Okay. So in that in that program, there was you know they did AANA, they had a music studio, they had a kitchen, they had oh, really? fitness classes, oh, wow. and um, maybe a. Uh, I think that's I think that's all that they did inside within this one building and I was like wow let's talk and he said get some people to start showing up and then I'll tell you what to do next okay so then I started the group rise and shine because I was like we need to have something for this I'm so sick and tired of my people relapsing I'm sick and tired of people dying overdosing yeah um, you know having to move away because they don't have a community to support them in recovery here right and go to work go to a meeting yeah and then uh, wait the winter it's depressing right yeah so I was just like I need you know I need to do something because it's just it's really devastating to see clients going back to prison people dying all that stuff I can't you know I wanted to to change something so I started this program called rise and shine and um, basically it was it, it is physical fitness nutritional wellness um, community service um, and do, 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 and creative expressions so that's like hiking snowshoeing skiing um, rock climbing here at Capital City Health Club they ho host us two nights a week um, where we can do open gym or go to 12-step yoga and um, we go down to the painted pot to do crafts and I'm you know working with pl places in the community to host us so that we can learn how to cook mm -hmm. how do you eat in recovery like right. what does that look like yeah. you know a lot of people don't know this stuff and then and then the idea is to give them a community of people to connect with. So we've got our Facebook page. We've got like 150 members on our Facebook page, but that's awesome. you know, that's fine. 150 members in recovery on your Facebook right. page? That's yeah. awesome. It is and cool. It is really in cool. In a town of 30,000 people? Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, and people, you know, people show up and um, it's, it's, it's family involved. Like tonight, I, you know, I offered a lady to come. I said, bring your grandchildren, go swimming. and. You know, you just be a member of our group and you guys can come and do your thing here. Like, yeah. it's a thing for you to do with other people who are working towards the same goal. So it's staying active, healthy, yeah, and um, focused on recovery-oriented activities. Yeah. So. When uh, I got the information about the Phoenix, mm -hmm. I was like, this is awesome. I had no idea that you were doing your thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, let's do this. And Right now, it's on pause. Mm -hmm. um, just other stuff came up, and that's on pause right now. Mm -hmm. But I love that you're like mm -hmm. doing it. You gotta do something. Can't just wait for it to show up. So. Yeah, yeah. I exactly. Mean. Like you're, you, you took action, and like it, it's awesome. When I first got sober at 19, I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know how to pay my mm -hmm. bills. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any hobbies. Right. Like thank God my roommate was in recovery, and he mentored me through the process. Mm -hmm. so he got me in the gym. Uh, he taught me how to cook like hamburger helper and chicken because I, I didn't know how to do that <laughs> like it, like the instructions are on the box and I didn't know what I was right. doing like I was so like, I did heroin and drank Red Bull and had a banana that was my life <laughs> like yeah so, and I didn't know what like I thought I was being an adult but I had no idea I was a 19 year old baby basically so anyways that's that's awesome mm -hmm. that you're doing that um so yeah. what does the rise and shine program like do for you um, makes me tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's Thursday night. It starts in 30 minutes and, you know, I've got a lot going on. Um, 
in graduate school and then I work you know, four tens and so I'm gone two days a week in Missoula and then you know hosting this e this um, this group in the community it's it's a lot for my it's a lot on my plate um, I have another guy I work with who's also in recovery I love him um, he helps me with um, some of the nights he'll show up and then I, you know, I got the night off so yeah. I can do my homework or something. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, there are people in the group who are willing to show up, but at the same time, it's like, I really like to be there for people, but I have to have boundaries too. Yes. And like, I struggle with that because all I want to do is help people. Right. And if I get that <laughs> so much. <laughs> like seriously, like me not showing up here tonight to do this for you, like I would have felt bad about doing that because like I've committed, like if I commit to something, mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it. Right, and, yeah, and you I, say we're gonna be right. gonna do it, which I respect, right. but. And, and you followed up with me and I'm like, I told you I'd be there. For sure. Like I'm the most consistent person you could ever meet. Because if I say I'm gonna do something, I will be there and you're I will there. be doing it. Even if you're, it's <laughs> like do you commit too much that I like, do. your home life is fucked? I, um, I, I do, and that situation I was talking to you about when yeah. I first came in today, yeah. You know, I decided that I wouldn't do that because I'm keeping boundaries. Yeah. Like I have to maintain my health. I have to maintain my recovery yeah. because if I don't take care of myself, then I won't be able to do any of this. Yeah. No LAC, no therapy, no, um, no recovery group. Mm -hmm. I, I'd be back at home binging and purging all day long until I died. Right. You know? I, yeah. You got to take care That's of you. That's what I would do. So, so yeah, I, I get that. I, very much. <laughs> mm -hmm. I get that. Um, I know you um, got a lot going on tonight. It's Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. uh, is there like a message to the world that you'd want to get out there? Um, I think, you know, I just think of this quote. I think it's on my Facebook page, but it says, I think it says, loving yourself is the greatest revolution. And, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, then you're not gonna be able to help your baby. You're not gonna be able to help your parents. You're not gonna be able to help your partner that you're with. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like I think, you know, because it is Valentine's Day, like I think that people should really focus on like loving themselves. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, like you ain't you're not gonna be able to give anything to anybody else. So I love that. I love thanks. that. That I'm <laughs> I'm trying to work on that myself right yeah. now. Like I've been it's weird. The universe just keep putting a message like that in mm -hmm. front of me, and I, mm -hmm. it's like, well, maybe I should listen. Yeah, you know, and I get those too. I like, I'm like, why are you doing so much for everybody else? It, right. It's like when you go to the store, maybe you're like buying, buying something for somebody. You're like, I'm gonna get you the best brand right. name, right? But for you. You're gonna get the Safeway Select, right? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, it's <laughs> like why do you treat yourself that way? So it's like you know, give yourself the best. Focus on like giving yourself everything that you need, mm -hmm. and then when the time is right, like you give everybody else what they need too. Right. So, um, do you have any morning habits that you do for um, success? Morning habits. Um, I like to run and um, I usually run my dog in the morning, but right now because I have to be to work at seven, you know, I wake up at six and there's just not enough time. Yeah. And once my schedule gets back 
to me finish when I finish school and things go back to normal I'll start running her again because like that was the best thing I did so every day I wake up you know I take my vitamins I take my my spark um, that is like consistent in my life um, and I like to start the day with exercise but unfortunately right now my exercise has to wait until the end of the day yeah but like normally that would be my routine and, and even if it's like 15 minutes that's perfect yeah just get the endorphins going yeah body weight and go yeah and um i like to listen to music every morning i wake up and i listen to music and that makes me feel good and uh you know i take my dog for a walk or something before i go to work and like i'm a creature of habit yeah you too you do like you've got routine oh yeah i wake up <laughs> i make my bed and then like i'll brew my coffee yeah and then like i'll do i'll read some literature and mm -hmm. then, like i'll pray mm -hmm. and then like i will have like a meditation going on in the back or mm -hmm. i'll have like a mood booster going or like a symphony classic and oh, then nice. i just drink my coffee and i focus on my breath and then i start my day oh um when i don't do that my coworkers and the people around me they suffer Oh, no. Yeah. Like, I used yeah. to wake up and go to the gym first. Yeah. And then I would put all that other stuff. Like, I would come, stretch, meditate at the gym. And then pretty soon, it was, okay, well, I don't need to stretch, so then I'm not going to meditate. Or I'll meditate at home. And then pretty soon, my old behaviors mm. go back. And so now I, I work out at the end of my day or the end of my work day. Yeah. And then I get my, my spiritual stuff grounded and my morning habit grounded in the beginning if I make my bed in the morning that's at least one thing that I accomplished that day uh-huh uh-huh at least one thing and like I didn't believe in that because I would wake up and I wouldn't make my bed for years and when I started doing that like my days just started going smoother and smoother and smoother and being more productive and now I like I strategically plan out my day I mm. write down um some days it's not you know I'm not perfect mm. uh some days I just think about it or but I like to write it down I'm like what am I gonna do like and I have goals and if I don't reach those goals that's okay I'll try the next day but right. at least I tried but I, I know if I make my bed then at least I got one thing done I like that so anyways I you know I I know you got lots of stuff going on mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not trying to cut you short by any means is there any words of wisdom you want to um, go before yeah there's one other thing I was gonna say um, have you ever read The Seven Decisions? No. It's by Andy Andrews. I don't think I have. Okay, so if I can give you all uh, one final word of advice, read that book. Like, best book I've ever read in my life. Seven, what is it the called? The Seven Decisions. Seven Decisions, okay. Yeah, and it's all about, like, being accountable for your choices and where you are in your life. Okay. And... I think that was like one of the biggest game changers for me, like figuring out my purpose in this world, what I was meant to do, where I'm going, why I'm there or why I'm not. And um, it's like, I, I go back and I reread that thing. Like, it's brilliant. Okay, so. right on, I will check it out. Mm -hmm. I love hearing new authors like um, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vee, um, Daniel Pink, um, really not self-help books but self building books mm -hmm. um like what are some of those titles that you just said uh the four hour body the four hour work week um to sell as human by daniel pink crushing up by mm -hmm. gary v um 
And then a uh, the Robert Kiyosaki is Rich Dad Poor Dad, and that just helps me with like the business side and like mm -hmm. financing and stuff like that. Um, Which is good too for addictions. It's yeah. Like yeah, it, especially and then like I'm getting into like the Dave Ramsey thing because I'll yeah. blow money just like I'm sticking a needle in my arm. Like this will make me feel better, so I, I got to use the Dave Ramsey mm -hmm. to like keep me grounded. Otherwise, I'm. It doesn't matter. Like mm -hmm. I will binge on anything. It, it is ridiculous. Oh, at least you're aware of what you're doing. Lots of pain and suffer. It wasn't like oh I know what I'm doing. It's like oh fuck I gotta <laughs> change something. Jesus, <laughs> what the. F like what am I doing? Why? Right. Why am I spending six hundred dollars a week on supplements? Like, mm. why? Why mm. am I doing it? Like, or why am I spending six hundred dollars a week at Applebee's? Yeah. What am I doing? Oh like, gosh, that's so much money. Yeah, like it. But that's what I used to do: two hundred dollars yeah. a day, binging and purging, if I wasn't stealing food. Right. So it's like I know how crazy these things are. Like I get yeah. it. You know, after uh, you know, I was sleeping in my car in Vegas seven months ago. And um, right. After like almost losing my life, waking up in the ICU, like I, I got to do something different. Mm -hmm. I, I got to, and like, um, you know, I, I just want to inspire people. You know, I know you have an incredible sport, mm -hmm. incredible story, and you're like helping the community. That's mm -hmm. why, you know, your message and your journey is why I wanted you on here. Like, yeah. you know, I think what you're doing is awesome, and you know, you're helping people, and hopefully, somebody who's listening to this. They'll get inspired by your message. Like you inspire me. Like it's watching you. Like seeing you. Like getting the bodybuilding a couple mm -hmm. years ago. Like that's freaking ba. Like that's awesome. Like yeah. Um, and then you know the, everything else that you're doing is it's pretty inspirational. So thank you. You know, um, I think that going from you know somebody who was literally like dying from an eating disorder to bodybuilding like that's pretty cool yeah and i'm not trying to toot my own horn but no it's but like, it, is. it is it is cool because yeah. like our bodies are so resilient our minds are resilient and um if we just you know keep up with this fight you know we can take ourselves wherever we want and I didn't let, like, you know, I was, like, half the size I am today at my lowest point. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, I'm not going to let that, um, I'm not going to let, like, that person stop me from being who I want to be. Get that. Now look at you. I'm alive. You're alive, <laughs> healthy, yeah. beautiful. Like, mm -hmm. it is, uh, it's pretty cool. It so, all right. Well, thank you mm -hmm. again. Oh, and a shout out to Capital City for letting us yeah. use this room. The staff here has been amazing. Yep. Yes, um, they have. They know who they are. So this is where I've been working out for the last seven years. Um, yeah, they've been a huge part of my journey, too. And yeah. like this, the community here, the people have really supported me um, through the process. Um, all of it. You know, they know they know about like what I went through. Like, because yeah. I worked here. I yeah. worked here for several years, several years. And I'm just really thankful for thankful for everybody here still, even not being an employee here anymore. But yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, I hope you have a wonderful yeah. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Thank you Day. so much. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Thank all. you. All right. So, if you uh, had anyone that you looked up to or like really helped you through your like stages in your life, like who would it be? Um, you know. My grandma has been there for me. Um, she's my best friend. 
and I so I wanted to I wanted to talk about her quickly because you know she's always been there for me always supported me and um, like even even during the times where I made bad choices like unconditional love Mm -hmm. and uh, when I went to treatment she was there for me for family week she helped me get into treatment helped me pay for treatment and um, I just honestly I don't I don't think like I think I would be in a much different place if she wasn't in my life today because of the parents that I did have Mm -hmm. who were just you know I was emancipated when I was in high school Mm -hmm. I was like 15 dad was in my life um, you know, my grandma was there, even if it was through a phone call, you know, I talked to her every couple days. Um, she helped support me when I was in high school. Um, and she's, she's been my, my biggest, my biggest help. She's like my rock. Yeah. This woman. And, um, you know, she's been in Al-Anon, um, for 33 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, she's still very active she's 80 she'll be 80 this wow she'll be 79 in april right on um but you know um she's taught me like how to take care of myself how to value myself always reminds me of how amazing i am and i think that um without her support i would have never gotten to that place to be like wow you are you are this person because there was other people the other people weren't telling me that stuff Mm -hmm. and she always did so um yeah, I get a little bit teary-eyed, but God, I love her so much. So, yeah, I just say a uh, huge thank you to her for being with me through this whole thing. So That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right on. Well, thank you again. With that, um, with that, with those tears. Yeah, Cry. Go. No, no, I don't need to. It's just like it's very happy. Like, yeah. I'm very, very fortunate to have such a wonderful woman and influence and role model in my life. And um, to have that person who's like always going to support you through whatever choice you make. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like even the bad ones. Yeah. She's like, well, tread lightly. Tread lightly, tread my lightly. dear. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. But I know that she'll still love me regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think that a lot of people, when they're just trying to work through stuff like this and they don't have those supports, it's very hard for them to get in recovery mm-hmm. if they don't have anybody supporting them. And, like, through everything I went through, she was always there. Yeah, that's so, awesome. I, yeah. It's very far in, in between the, those people come into your life and when they do, like, hold on to them. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, big shout out to your grandma. Yeah, shout out to Gma. Heck yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you again, Kessa. Yeah, thanks.